Welcome to the Humans and Earth podcast. We bring you inspiration and practical resources for healing our planet and ourselves. It's time for soulful contributions that regenerate life on Earth. I'm Shara Arman, a thought leader and teacher who believes we're ready to renew Earth and heal ourselves in the process. You can find our work online at humansandearth.com and on Instagram at schoolhumansearth. I'd love for you to be on our newsletter list and receive our updates on Instagram. Please share our work at the School for Humans and Earth with anyone you think might be interested and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast so that we can include more and more people in the regeneration revolution that I believe is happening on planet Earth. Welcome to today's episode. Do you ever have the experience of suggesting a restorative, healing, or otherwise helpful idea and hearing someone else tell you that it sounds good, but it isn't practical, or it wouldn't be practical, or it isn't really feasible? I feel a lot of concern when I see a conversation shut down in this way. And I often try to communicate to those I mentor that we can do better. I'm talking today about how it's true, both materially and spiritually, that we should not let our sense of what's practical limit our creation of new solutions to the problems people and planet are facing. Before I go into these reasons why I believe we need to grow beyond this very limited statement of, oh, that sounds good, but it's not practical. I want to note why this matters. It matters because we are in a position right now on planet Earth where solutions are very much needed. Solutions to climate change, ways to halt air and water pollution, solutions for restoring soil and re-securing a food supply that is reliable and renewable and regenerative. We need solutions to our own fractured relationships with earth, plants, animals, ecosystems, and other human beings. We need solutions to the pervasive injustice and difficulty experienced by many people. Whether you look at environmental issues, human health, the food system, social justice, or our economies, you can see that we need to massively change and up-level the human systems on planet Earth. New solutions are needed almost everywhere, from cities to rural areas, and from the so-called developed countries to the so-called developing countries. I am very certain that the next few decades are going to be a time of radical change and healing regenerative solutions. 
if you care about bringing these solutions into being, it is important not to let yourself feel shut down when others meet your ideas with the statement that they don't sound practical. It's also important not to shut down other people when they bring forward a visionary idea and a part of you thinks, well, that would be great, but it will never happen because it's not practical. And humanity just isn't good enough to achieve something as beautiful as what I or this other person are envisioning. So I'll return to this aspect in a few minutes, but let's note for now, solutions come into being through imagination and visioning. And when we shut down our own or one another's imaginings and visionings, we are potentially hurting everyone, the whole life system. Let's consider the material or practical or historical reasons why people are probably mistaken when they discount a visionary idea as impractical. And this is really important because if you have experienced this conversational dynamic, you probably know that when somebody brings forward a visionary idealistic concept and another person says, yeah, sounds great, but that's really not practical and I don't think humans are that good, the conversation tends to just end. But that's a real mistake. It's even a tragedy and it's also strikingly or ironically unrealistic because very often the people who are making this claim of it's not practical are actually incorrect. So to start with the simple material aspect, our world is full of inventions we value and it has been for hundreds and hundreds of years, even thousands of years. We could name ancient inventions such as wheels and forks and windmills and ways of transporting water. We could talk about other ancient inventions such as paper and pens, warm clothing, various innovations all over the planet for creating comfortable and safe homes for humans. We can get more modern and think about surgical instruments advanced wind turbines, computers, and more. But here's the important thing. When the developers of those inventions first conceptualized them, they were not practical in the least because they didn't exist yet. If any inventor were held back by the argument that her or his idea isn't practical, that it doesn't seem feasible, it doesn't seem like a fit with current knowledge or circumstances or how people live, almost nothing would ever be invented and we literally would still be living as primitive hunter-gatherers in caves. So I really hope you'll pause to absorb this. Any time somebody makes an argument that a new idea isn't practical, that's actually a very weak argument. There's a related aspect that in human history, new inventions are usually met with skepticism, but they come into being when the inventors or visionaries overlook that skepticism. When trains were first invented, some commentators noted the noise and dust they created and wondered if it was unsafe for the human body 
to move at such a speed and predicted that trains would never be accepted. When the first cars began operating, critics said they would never, ever replace the horse and cart. And those critics were proven wrong in the space of like three decades. In the 1970s and 1980s, people made fun of solar panels and said they would never replace oil and gas. But the current worldwide transition to renewable energy is proving those naysayers wrong. As you can see from these examples alone, and we could give thousands more if we studied the history of inventiveness and science and cultural shift, the fact that an idea doesn't seem practical initially often turns out to mean literally nothing. And the fact that an idea is often initially met with skepticism also often turns out to mean literally nothing. Now, to turn to the more spiritual aspect. As I understand it, one of the main points of spirituality is to inspire us to bring into existence that which we value most highly. That might be love between two people, reconciliation within a family or community, a new educational endeavor that benefits humanity, a new way of supporting health for people or animals or plants, or even healing within one's own heart. So spirituality typically leads us to create something that doesn't yet exist. To go further, in my understanding of spirituality, humans are designed to be creators who create in the image of the divine. Creating often means that you bring forth something that didn't exist before. A new garden, for example, or a beautiful pie or salad or something else that you craft materially or emotionally in a relationship. So to allow yourself to be shut down by someone who says that your idea is not practical because there's nothing currently like it is to allow your divine creative impulse to be shut down. And that is not the highest human path in my view. The highest human path is to support ourselves and others in being creators who create with the benevolence, care, brilliance, and love of the creative force of the divine. To bring all of this back to humans and Earth, our situation on our planet right now, if you feel a spark of inspiration to create a neighborhood fruit orchard or simply a mini orchard in your own yard, if you feel inspired to urge your employer to purchase renewable energy, if you feel guided to form a new relationship with a plant or animal, or if you feel moved to create anything else that will benefit the life community here on planet Earth, please do not feel discouraged if other people around you do not understand the brilliance of your inspiration and they tell you that you're not being practical. Inventors, visionaries, change makers, humanitarians, geniuses, and even the countless quiet local scale contributors and leaders who make things better in the world around them are not practical first and foremost. 
They are first and foremost visionary and inspired, and then they seek the ways to bring their inspired vision into practical existence. It is true that we need wise criteria by which to evaluate our ideas for new inventions and solutions. New ideas need to be evaluated and some should be discarded or redeveloped. I favor values that focus on humans becoming a harmless and regenerative presence to the natural world and to one another, not a domineering or damaging one. I myself am wary of solutions that take us excessively far into realms of technology that might be dehumanizing or damaging to the planet. Expressions of values that I do admire include the Earth Charter, Vandana Shiva's principles of Earth democracy, indigenous teachings on the interdependent harmony that should and can characterize the human nature relationship. One beautiful document is the Thanksgiving Address. I also value Thomas Berry's concept of the great work of humanity now, which is to become a healing and restorative presence on planet Earth. From these perspectives, new inventions and solutions need to be as harmless as possible. They need to not only be sustainable, but also be regenerative, where they actually create healing and restoration instead of merely being sustainable. And they need to consider the future of many generations of humans, plants, and animals, not just present needs and desires. We are living in a time that needs your inspired contributions. Please do not let a naysayer hinder you. Be aware that skeptics and people who use the kind of pat, flat argument, oh, that sounds great, but it's not practical. They're not actually tuned in to the history of how change and inventiveness have typically worked on planet Earth. And they also may not be tuned in to spiritual understandings or even psychological or practical understandings of humans in our creator identity and role. So please don't be held back by people who are not informed about how change, inventions, and solutions come into being. Believe in your inspiration and share your vision with those who are open to believing it with you. And if you can't find those people, continue to believe in and cherish your vision of how amazingly beautiful, restored, harmonious and flourishing life on this planet can be and is meant to be. Side with those who believe that a regenerated and flourishing existence on planet Earth may be possible in our lifetimes. The only way it is possible is when those of us who hold that vision and that belief act according to our heart's guidance and contribute wherever we feel called, whether or not those around us understand or agree. I have been talking for a while about possibly opening a monthly group where people can gather over Zoom to 
be in a supportive environment where they can articulate their own visions and ideas and inspirations, whether those are on the household or neighborhood scale or the community scale or even the national or global scale. So I continue to consider opening that monthly group. I may do that. Please feel free to reach out to me via humansandearth.com if that is interesting to you. And once again, please know we are meant to be creator beings. So much flourishing, renewal, and restoration is possible on this planet. And so many people are already engaged in it, are making it happen. You too can be one of those people, or at the very least, you can support those people. And really all it takes is to believe in the validity of inspiration, to believe in the validity of inventive, visionary ideas, and to look around you and notice that whatever it is you appreciate on a daily basis, whether it's your comfortable shoes or your car or the running water in your home or really just almost anything around us that we use on a daily basis, know that that came from someone's inventiveness, from someone's idea or vision, and it's up to us to create this next stage of truly regenerative flourishing on planet Earth and gorgeous, cooperative, collaborative harmony between people and Earth, people and plants, people and animals, and among people. Thanks for upholding this vision with me. Please reach out to me if I can support you further in developing and advancing and believing in your own vision. Thank you so much for listening to Humans and Earth. Please drop a rating or review in your favorite podcast player and tell someone about the podcast if you think they would find it enjoyable. Thank you for listening to Humans and Earth. Please share this episode to broaden engagement in the regeneration our world needs. You'll find social media links in the show notes. To explore our other offerings, visit www.humansandearth.com.